Welcome. I got your favorite coffee and everything. The day is the best day of our lives because we're in recovery. Another beautiful day at the park is less than Twitter, right? Yeah. How much rain do you think is this uh, happening here? Today? Yeah. It's gonna be raining all day. It's, it's a thing. Is that 100% chance? <laughs> That's pretty high. <laughs> That's pretty high. Amen. Yeah, I made it a little extra strong so we can awesome. enjoy the the I moment. Like yeah. I like it for the effect. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not all about taste, but I am about effect. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Well, what time does a 9 a.m. meeting start? It starts um, two minutes ago. Oh, <laughs> thank you. I've been, I'm Fernando. I am an alcoholic. And we're in the 9 a.m. park meeting under the band shell, staying away from the rain. And let's go ahead and pray with the serenity prayer, please. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change. The courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the to know the difference. Amen. I I vote that we pass bypass our readings because I didn't bring them, and we get right into the uh, the book. Yeah. You know what I need to do real quick. Mm -hmm. I left my phone like I think where you could see it in my car. Oh, go go check it out. I don't want somebody busting my window. I'm gonna read a small one just to give me. Just be one minute. Okay. All right, we're going to be again reading from um, Came to Believe book, a letter from 1955 from Bill W. It says, states that, Hi, Alex. You are asking yourself, as all of us must, who am I? Where am I? Whence do I go? The process of enlightenment is usually slow, but in the end, our Seeking always brings a finding. These great mysteries are, after all, enshrined in complete simplicity. Amen. It's kind of like I'm Fernando, alcoholic. When we move our right arm and we meet someone and it says, what's the matter? Can't you move your right arm? Everybody has a right arm. Can't you just, you know, go ahead and pick that up? It's the same thing with our faith and belief. Everyone has faith and belief and should be running on that, on that aspect. Amen. I was reading uh, the search on chapter six. We're reading it again. We left off there. What you, page is that? That's page 53. You were asking yourself, as all of us must, who am I? Where am I? Whence do I go? The process of enlightenment is usually slow. But in the end, our seeking always brings a finding. These great mysteries are, after all, enshrined in complete simplicity by Bill W. That was a letter of 1955. Wow. And that's exactly what happened to me. I was in complete simplicity. Sit down, be quiet, have your court card signed, and eat the cookies, drink the coffee, and get a spiritual enlightenment <clears throat> that I came to, I came to myself. So I'd like to ask you again, uh, we'll read a couple of stories and then we'll talk about them. Would you like to comment on that? Because I know you, you go deep. <laughs> you go long and deep. <laughs> well, who am I? Where am I? Whence do I go? 
<clears throat> you know, um, I, I guess as I learned, you know, I don't know if I was doing this, you know, years ago, I don't think so, but uh, uh, the process of enlightening is, enlightenment is usually slow, but in the end, our seeking always brings a finding. So I'm seeking God's will for me, you know, mm -hmm. always now. And, uh, well, I need to remind myself, right, because... As I was saying, uh, Martin Luther says that he preaches the same thing over and over again because we forget and we need to be reminded every week, <laughs> if not every day. Yes. And, uh, you know, um, who am I? Where am I? I hope I'm in God's will. I hope that I'm the guy that God wants me to be. You know, and whence do I go is hopefully where he's leading me. And, uh, and, and that... You know, I continue to seek him and seek his will and seek what he's looking at. Now, you, you've been in the program for many years. Why, why do you, uh, it's, it's, it's such a dilemma to a lot of us. What am I here for? What am I supposed to do? What's my mission on earth? You know, we always hear that. Right. But it, 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 it's every 24 hours we have that question again. I forget what am I supposed to be doing. You know, and, and from these uh, from these readings, it seems like I'm supposed to be learning, for one, and service. You know, that's when I'm happier. When I'm at home, it, it gets dangerous. My mouth says the wrong thing. I get involved in the wrong thing that I shouldn't be. And it, this, that's why Bill W. calls this the easier, softer way to do life. Mm -hmm. Life is already has its ups and downs. Right. But over here... It just makes us wiser to, 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 oh, I'm not going in that direction, you know. I'm going in this direction with people that are like-minded, seeking, seeking breakthrough. And that's what, I was wondering if we read this story already. Well, it's back to the fundamentals on page 62. Yeah, I opened it up by ra randomly there, too. And I'll go ahead and start the reading and then read them. AA was, AA was asking me, of all people, to believe in God. Not only that, they were asking me to believe so thoroughly that I'd be willing to turn my life and my will over to God as I understood Him. I didn't understand Him. <laughs> I didn't know anything about Him. In one way or another, I had been a Catholic, a Baptist, a Presbyterian, an Episcopalian, a Luther, and a Christian scientist. And I even been exposed to some extent of the beliefs of Mormons, Mennonites, and Quakers. Uh, don't forget the Seventh-day Adventists. And Jehovah's Witnesses. <laughs> and Buddhists. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, when I was in college, beautiful, I specialized in ancient history and got very interested in the mystics. Also, I learned something about Mohammedism, Buddhism, and mythology of the Vikings, the Romans, and the ancient Greeks, and the original primitive pagan religions, but I still couldn't believe. I tried reading the Bible, but I bogged down so hopelessly in the terminology that it was pathetic. So I turned to small books written by Bible scholars. Maybe I'm learning something, I thought, or maybe I'm just getting confused, but I got to keep on with this because at least I'm staying sober. <laughs> I was still going to AA meetings and talking to older members who had been sober for a long time. Many of them had a smile on their eyes while we talked. 
They had already been through this. One of them advised me to go back to the Bible, especially to the Sermon on the Mount, the condensation of Jesus' message. After we had discussed it, I was able to take from this reading three things that helped me that I could relate to my AA life. Okay. Uh, Marcos, alcoholic. Marcos. <clears throat> Love your neighbor. Where else but in AA could you find half a million people dedicated to love and really loving each other. Um, the love of one alcoholic for another is something never seen before in the history of the world. Wow. Do, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. In AA, we do unto others what's already been done unto us. We help others as we help have we have been helped. As you think, so shall you be. I grew to believe that every deed we perform in our entire lives is just the outward manifestation of an inward thought. If there was a glass of whiskey in front of me, my hand couldn't reach out and pick it up. My hand and arm are not capable of independent action. The only thing that could make my hand reach out and take the glass and bring it to my lips would be a thought in my head. Hand, reach out and take the glass. <laughs> While I was making some progress, I still didn't have a concept of God. So I went back to the big book, <clears throat> as I had done so many times before with other problems. The answer I was looking for was on page 12 in Ebby's words to Bill. Why don't you choose your own conception of God? I've tried everything else, I thought, and I've got no place else to go. I might just as well. I sat down at my desk, got a pad of paper and, and a pencil, and asked myself, if you could pick the kind of God that you could believe in, what would he look be like? I bore in my in mind the facts that I was an alcoholic and that I had been a perfectionist all my life. <clears throat> the world was never perfect enough for me. Everything that I ever believed in, every ideal that I ever followed turned out to have feet of clay. Here was my chance. For the first time in my life, I could create something perfect. All right. <laughs> I wrote across the page, God is perfection. I've been searching for all. God uh, is the perfection I've been searching for all my life. He is too perfect to have human characteristics and faults. That was the start. Then I wrote, God is the ultimate perfection. He is the perfect love, the perfect truth, the perfect goodness, the perfect understanding tolerance, mercy, forgiveness. God is so perfect that no matter how evil, how unclean we may be, He'll forgive us if we ask and grant us strength <clears throat> to overcome our shortcomings. I sat back and told myself, you're a brain. You come up with something brand new here. And then I realized that I was no big brain just a dunce. <laughs> this was the God that Jesus was talking about 2,000 years ago. 
When he stood on the hillside and said he had a father in heaven who loved all human beings, then I thought, what is the one thing that will pull us all together in my mind? I had a strange feeling that I was getting close. At one time, <coughs> the great jurist... <coughs> Go ahead. Oliver Wendell Holmes <coughs> was asked what, what his religion was, and he answered that his whole concept of God could be found in the first two words of the Lord's Prayer. So I got out a copy of the Lord's Prayer and looked at it. The first was our. It didn't say your, my, her, or his. It said our Father. He is the Father to all of us. He created every one of us. You want to read some more? Mm-mm. Okay, I happen <clears throat> to be a father myself. One of the world's worst. But no matter how sick or how bad I got in my days of drinking, I never once wished any harm to my own children. Nothing but the best for them. And I have to assume that this is what our Father wishes for us. He created us. And He cares what happens to us. He didn't create me to die a drunk in an alley. We're not just some higher form of animal that's got a little better brain and a thumb that can, that can meet the first finger to grasp a weapon or light a fire and so make us superior. We're, different breed entire, we're a different breed entirely. We're unique because of the universal law that like begets like. A rose bush can't produce a lily of the valley and a cow can't produce a colt. If God is a spiritual being, then we are spiritual beings. Born Pennsylvania. Wow, wow, beautiful. Reading from the book, Came to Believe, page 62. Back to the fundamentals. Article comes from Warren, Pennsylvania. AA was asking me, of all people, to believe in God. Not only that, they were asking me to believe so thoroughly that I'd be willing to turn my life and my will over to God as I understood Him. I didn't understand Him. I didn't know anything about Him. In one way or another, I had been a Catholic, a Baptist, a Presbyterian, an Episcopalian, a Lutheran, and a Christian scientist, and I have even been exposed to some extent to the beliefs of Mormons, Mennonites, and Quakers. When I was in college, I specialized in ancient history and got very interested in the mystics. Also, I learned something about Muhammadanism, Buddhism, and mythology of the Vikings, the Romans, and the ancient Greek, and the original primitive pagan religions, but I still couldn't believe. I tried reading the Bible, but I bogged down so hopelessly in the terminology that it was pathetic. So I turned to small books written by Bible scholars. Maybe I'm learning something, I thought, or maybe I'm just getting confused. But I got to keep on with this because at least I am staying sober. I was still going to AA meetings and talking to older members who had been sober for a long time. 
Many of them had a smile in their eyes while we talked. They had already been through this. One of them advised me to go back to the Bible, especially to the Sermon on the Mount, the condensation of Jesus' message after we had discussed it. I was able to take from this reading three things that helped me that I could relate to my AA life. Love your neighbor. Where else but in AA could you find half a million, and by the way, three million people now, dedicated to love and really loving each other. The love of one alcoholic for another is something never seen before in the history of the world. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. In AA, we do unto others what's already been done unto us. We help others as we have been helped. As you think, so shall you be. I grew to believe that every deed we perform in our entire life is just the outward manifestation of an inward thought. If there was a glass of whiskey in front of me, my hand couldn't reach out and pick it up. My hand and arm are not capable of independent action. The only thing that could make my hand reach out and take that glass and bring it to my lips would be a thought in my head. Hand, reach out and take the glass. While I was making some progress, I still didn't have a concept of God. So I went back to the big book as I had done so many times before with other problems. The answer I was looking for was on page 12 and Ebby's words to Bill. Why don't you choose your own conception of God? Why don't you choose your own conception of God? I tried everything else, I thought, and I got no place else to go. I might just as well. I sat at my desk, got a pad of paper and a pencil, and asked myself, if you could pick the kind of God that you could believe in, what would he be like? I bore in mind the fact that I was an alcoholic and that I had been a perfectionist all my life. The world was never perfect enough for me. Everything I have ever believed in, every idea that I ever followed turned out to be feet of clay. Here was my chance for the first time in my life. I could create something perfect, all right. I wrote across the page, God is the perfection I've been searching for all of my life. He is too perfect to have human characteristics and faults. That was my start. Then I wrote, God is the ultimate perfection. He is the perfect love, the perfect truth, the perfect goodness, the perfect understanding, Tolerance, mercy, forgiveness, God is so perfect that no matter how evil, how unclean we may be, he'll forgive us if we ask and grant us strength to overcome our shortcomings. I sat back, I sat back and told myself, self, your brain, you come up with a something brand new here. And then I realized that I was no big brain at all, just a dunce. <laughs> This was the God that Jesus was talking about 2,000 years ago when he stood on the hillside and said he had a father in heaven who loved all human beings. Then I thought, what is the one thing that will pull all this together in my mind? I had a strange feeling that I was getting close. 
At one time, the great jurist Oliver Wendell Holmes was asked what his religion was. And he answered that his whole concept of God could be found in the first two words of the Lord's Prayer. So I got out a copy of the Lord's Prayer and looked at it. First word was R, R, O-U-R. It didn't say your, mine, he, her, his. I said our Father. He is the Father to all of us. He created every one of us. I happen to be a father myself, one of the world's worst, though. But no matter how sick or how bad I got in my days of drinking, I never once wished any harm to my own children. Nothing but the best for them. And I have to assume that this is what our Father's wishes for us. He created us, and He cares what happens to us. He didn't create me to die drunk in an alley. We're not just some higher form of animal that's got little, better brain and a thumb that can meet the first finger to grasp a weapon or light a fire, and so make us superior. We're a different breed entirely. We're unique because of the universal law that like begets like. A roast bush can't produce a lily of the valley, and a cow can't produce a coat. If God is a spiritual being, then we are spiritual beings. From Warren, Pennsylvania. If God is a spiritual being, then we are spiritual beings. Amen. I'm Fernando Alcoholic. One of the reasons why I thought I was invisible when I was 30 years old and drinking and thought that I can, I can climb the highest heavens and, and climb the hills and do all kinds of things was the fact that I was perceiving my spiritual being, the inside of me, was going to live forever. Until I got punched in the nose, then I thought differently. All right, thank you. Here comes our reading now from the park. I'll bless you. Let's go ahead and pray with the uh, uh, third step prayer, please. God, I offer myself to thee to build with me and to do with me as thou wilt. Relieve me of the bondage of self that I may better do thy will. Take away my difficulties that victory over them may bear witness to those I would help of thy power, of thy love, of thy way of life. May I do thy will always. Amen. Here we go. Here's the park meeting. For coming on, I'm Fernando. Let's go ahead and open this meeting with a moment of silence followed by the serenity prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change. Courage to change the things I can and wisdom to know the difference. Amen. I am at a park. It's raining out there. I made coffee just in case someone may need a meeting. So I was out in the park. And so others are around the country doing AA. I know there's a meeting in Santa Cruz where it's a lot colder. And it's up on the uh, on the park over there by the water. And they have the um, Pacific cold wind hitting them, coming down from Alaska. They're out there doing this deal. There's another meeting five days a week that they're 11 in the morning. They're out there in the park in Sacramento. I have attended that meeting. Uh, there's other a lot of meetings up and down the coast that don't have anywhere to go, but they're there by dedicated people that, that know that someone who needs a meeting, who's thinking about drinking or 
or killing themselves or something. That's an extreme thought, folks. But let them know that we're there when they pass by and they see us in the rain. A light goes on. They know what we're all about. They know what the program's about. They know that we're there not to give our opinions, but to voice the message that saves lives, the words. That's why we're there. So I just wanted to say a special blessing and kahoots to the people who are out there. Now, in this particular recording, I recorded from the, the booklet called Came to Believe. And uh, me and, and Marcus, we both read it. Marcus has over 30 years in the program. We read it and talked about it, but I couldn't uh, post the... Uh, the, the talk because we went off grid. We started talk, started talking about cowboys and Indians and other things. So that didn't pertain to the, to the message at hand, which was an incredible reading we had here. I'm going to read it right now. And then I'd like for you to read it. Well, uh, listen to me and Marcus read it again a second time. It is worth a good listening. So please open your heart and your mind and listen to this. This is, this is us. This is the kind of people we're made of in this AA program. Amen. Yeah. 